Welcome in to the Hot Hangout podcast. We're glad to have you joining us today for this one. Uh, we've got a fun one today. We are going to be recapping and covering our rewatch of the fourth season, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert in advance. There, you have not seen Star Wars Rebels, and you'd like to not have it spoiled for you. Probably going to be talking about some details of the show in today's episode. So just a heads up there. Uh, be sure as well, before we get into all of today's discussion, discussion, if you are not yet subscribed to the Hawk Hangout podcast on YouTube, definitely check us out there for the video version of the podcast. You can also check out the podcast anywhere you get your pods, including Spotify and Apple. We're also findable on all the socials, including at TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter slash X, whatever we're calling that website nowadays, uh, at Hawk Hangout on each of those. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about today. Joey, how are you, dude? What's going on? I am good, my man. I, I'm excited to talk Rebels. I didn't realize how much I loved this show um, until I rewatched it again. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but before all of that, I mean, I think we have a little bit more to talk about, don't we? Yes. So before we get into kind of the news of the past week, uh, I recently made a trip to... Disneyland. I had never been before in my entire life. And uh, of course, the thing that I was most excited to go for personally was to visit Galaxy's Edge. Um, and as part of my trip, uh, maybe we'll post a photo on Instagram or something. I've got a couple cool photos in front of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Ooh, but I, nice. I did also pick up a lightsaber. Oh, fact, I might have picked up two. And uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Is there I, two different ones or no? So that's that's the catch. Can you guess whose lightsaber I got? I sent you pictures, so you know one if of them for oh, sure. Well, one of them, I mean, one of them's gotta be Ahsoka. So right? I was going to get Ahsoka's and they didn't have the white bladed sabers. Oh okay. they they only had the ones that were like blue and green. I was like, I don't know if that's like true to the character. So I didn't get Ahsoka's, even though I thought about okay. it. And my brother got Dooku's curved hilt one. I did see the uh, yeah the the curved one. That is very cool. I'll I'll show you the the the, uh, the hilt and I'll see if you can guess it based off of that. Is that that's not Obi Wan's? Is it? It's not Obi Wan. It's kind of a trick question. That's not Vader's. Not Vader's. For those of you only listening to the audio version of the podcast, apologies for the. The showing of the yeah. saber and everything and this like is, that. Uh, this is basically another trivia one that I just don't know. So you're seeing once an, another failing trivia question here. Oh, and there's the second one there. So maybe maybe this will give give a better hint. Here's this. Here's the first saber. Oh, is it Darth Maul's? It's Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I did get the. Uh, you can actually combine these two hilts. and uh, put them together and make a. Big... How long is it? Like with with so, the. So what they recommend when the you blades. get to Darth, with the Darth Maul blades is they is that you go with the short uh, sabers rather than the the long ones because if you right, get the yeah. long ones it's already the hilt is already like massive yeah. <laughs> so. right. Anyways, yeah, I got the uh, Darth Maul, but nice. they do come apart and they work separately and individually too. So that's awesome. Um, so uh, lightsaber training when? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we'll have to do that very soon. <laughs> By the yeah. way, the Star Wars rides at Disneyland, far and away, like I, I'm being completely, right. I'm biased, right? So I'm, I went 
into Disneyland thinking, I'm going to enjoy all the rides. The Star Wars ones were far and away the best. Even mm-hmm. my family, who are not like these huge Star Wars fans, my mom said the best rides were the, were the Star Wars rides. <laughs> They're just so state of the art and innovative. So did you go on? Did you, so you went on Rise of the Resistance. Yep. Yep. You went Smuggler's Run. Yep. Dude. And then Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's the moment. Run so, did you when have? I pulled, were, were you the entire? Did you have the entire party? Was it just you guys? Yeah, and I was one of the nice. pilots, and I was oh, the pilot yes. that got to pull the lever to jump to hyperspace. Nice. like so cool like pulling that down and watching the the stars oh man it was awesome <laughs> did i ever tell you the story when i went on smugglers run with my daughter no what happened so so you know there's two seats and then there's an aisle that separates the two of you right so yeah. uh well my daughter she she doesn't have like great gross motor skills and fine motor skills so um, I'm able to put her in there, but she doesn't really know to like pull anything, whatever. And I didn't want to ruin it, the experience for everyone else. So I'm there doing both of them. So I have one hand on my side, <laughs> the other hand over there. And I'm because I think one's up and down and the other yes. one's left and right, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So it, it actually works out better. I, I went into video game, Joey. Like this is, you know, I'm, I got to get this <laughs> done, did. you know. <laughs> so I, I locked in. And I mean, we still got, we ended up getting, because you have to pick up, was it the uh, coaxium? Was that what it was that you yeah. had to? So yeah. I think we picked up three or something like that. So I think it ended up being a pretty good run from what I remember. It wasn't my fault if we didn't pick up any more. I was just saying. But the, uh, so I had to, I had to man the ship just all by myself, practically pulling out my shoulder across the aisle there. But it was a, it was a lot of fun. So it was in the, in the cockpit area. It was myself, my dad. My two sisters, my uh, one of my brothers and my mom, oh, and, nice. and I, uh, you know, we're halfway through. I'm like having a blast. I look back, and I'm like, uh, you know, shoot, shoot the ships. You know, I'm like yelling stuff at the people behind me because I'm in the front seat. And halfway, halfway through, I turn around and I look back. I my brother is like as very much into it as I was. You know, he's like, you know, he's shooting all the stuff. And I look yeah. over, and my sister's like taking selfies. I'm like. Put your hands on the controls. We have it, you know. <laughs> That's incredible. I, like, I wish they, I wish they took video of us in there, so you could, you could see what everyone looks like when we we're, uh, when we we're playing. Yeah, I just, it was, it was so much fun. The, the, the massive like landscapes that they built for the Galaxy's Edge area are right? just. Oh my gosh, I would, and I there would is go a, again in a heartbeat. There is a, there is a book though as well. Um, about that area, so or about the uh, storyline, uh, in Black Black Spire Outpost. I think that's what it's called. Or oh, something okay. Like that. So, so yeah, if you want to learn more about that, there is a book up on there. Nice. Yeah, this was it was just amazing. It, I mean, I yeah. I had never been before. You had told me how great it was, and it was it was like everything I had hoped to be, and even better. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was a blast. Nice. Um, well, so glad thanks you got for to see it. Thanks for entertaining uh, me talking <laughs> about my one of my Star Wars dreams coming to fruition the past weekend. That was pretty fun. So, well, uh, moving on to the world of Star Wars, we had a little bit of news that came out, um, primarily which in regards to something um, relating to the Lando show uh, that has supposedly been in production for a long time. I think it's funny because we actually mentioned this in one of our mm-hmm. most recent episodes. We said that we hadn't heard anything about this. And then like less than a week later, this news breaks. Um, Donald Glover, AKA Childish Gambino, and his brother, 
prior to this news breaking, I'm ashamed to say I didn't even know he had a brother named Stephen Glover. Um, but they are both going to co-write the Lando TV show now, which is kind of exciting, especially because he plays Lando Calrissian in the show. And as a yeah. uh, our our resident massive Lando fan, what, how do you feel about this? Oh my gosh, I was so happy. So we should also say that during the, when this news had started hitting the internet and people were finding out more about it, Billy D. Williams was also tweeting about something about something big was going to go happen as well. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to happen. I even posted on, if you're not following us on Hot Hangout and on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it today, I was freaking out because I thought that uh, we could bring in Billy D. Williams back into the Lando TV series here. I was getting really excited. But it turns out that Billy D. Was, has a book coming out, so that, that's not what it was at all. But either way, uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. I'm a big fan, like, I, like you mentioned, with, uh, of Donald Glover as well as Lando Calrissian. So this is, I, I've been waiting for so long for, for this. I'm, I'm very excited. And especially with uh, the two brothers doing this, I think it's going to be, I mean, you, could, you know that this is going to be pretty special. Uh, as far as an, as an artist, I think Childish Gambino, Donald Glover is really, really good. Uh, he's, I think he either, I think he was writer on his show Atlanta, I don't know if you've yes. ever seen that. Yeah, so, I have. I mean, that's a great a, show. That's a really, that's a great show. So, I'm very excited to where he he could step into the writer's uh, role for Lando and what he's going to bring to Star Wars. I, I'm just so excited. What if the like he, closing scene of the Lando show is a 50 year time jump and Billy D. Williams walks on for just a cameo? <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to say I would cry, but I might just. Yeah, I was so happy when mean. he was in in Rise of Skywalker. Even when he was in the trailer, I'm like, I, I was so happy when I saw uh, Billy D back in there. Nice, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's gonna be a good show. I think I'm I'm hopeful for it, and especially after his performance that we first saw in Solo. Um, I think mm -hmm. this, that was when we got that first taste of oh yeah, I can definitely see Donald Glover as the Lando role. So. Uh, now I feel bad good. putting solo. Uh, now I feel bad putting solo at the bottom yeah. of my movie. List. Joey's least favorite Star Wars movie, by the way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a fact. That's that's just what happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Donald. <laughs> uh, no news as to when this may come out, but potentially as soon as 2024. Although that would be surprising, at least to me. But we'll see. Hopefully, we get this in the next 18 to 24 months, maybe. Ideally. Uh, we will cross our fingers and hope for the best, perhaps even in the next 12 months. Uh, very doubtful, but we'll see. Um, another, this was, this one hit the, the, the news waves more than I remembered it, um, coming into circulation. The first two times it happened, there was a, or I guess it comes out on August 29th, I believe is the release date, uh, from a certain point of view, specifically the return of the Jedi from a certain point of view. In 2017, they released The New Hope from a certain point of view. And in 2020, they released The Empire Strikes Back, certain point of view. For those who maybe aren't familiar with what this is, it's kind of like um, excerpts of short stories from various different characters and people in each uh, film, respectively. And it's kind of like retelling the events of the movie specifically through the eyes of those characters. And sometimes there's like, you know, things they'll add here and there. I don't think it's technically canon. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it, I think it is, actually. Is it really? 
I think I, I, because I googled that too, and I think Wikipedia or somewhere said that that it is, it is actually canon. Okay, that makes what I'm about to say perhaps more interesting. Um, maybe I'll hold off in a second because the, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, while it hasn't fully released yet, it comes out uh, in about three weeks from the time of this recording. Um, it did release these short excerpts of each short story on Twitter. And uh, you and I kind of browsed through the 40 of the excerpts that they released, and we each picked a favorite uh, in, in true Ben fashion. I could not decide on one, so I picked no. two. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about what your favorite one was first? Because it I kind mean, of also ties back into the Lando thing we were just talking about. Yeah, it definitely about. ties into what, you know, we know Lando's my favorite character, so of course I'm going to pick the, uh, the story about Lando. Um, yeah, so it, it just more just more Lando content for me to to consume. I'm super excited for it. Uh, the Burden of Leadership by Danny Lore. It looks like that's the name for that. Um, he they will be creating another little story for Lando here. Uh, uh, should we just read these? Should, should we read through these? And sure, they're it? super short. Yeah, why not? Just yeah, read yeah. Them, yeah. All right. So here we go. A common mistake at the Sabak table is keeping your face completely blank. The trick, you see, is an absolute, uh, what does it say? Bland, blandness? Is that what it is? Blandness. People yeah. will make extreme assumptions about what's happening underneath the, the nothingness. The less you're showing, the more people figure out what you're going to hide. And we'll figure it out. There's a galaxy full of little ways your blankness can crack under stress. No, Lando Calrissian knows the trick isn't to stay blank. It's to show exactly what you want someone to see. I mean, that couldn't be more vague. I have no idea what this story is about at all. <laughs> just the fact that it's Lando, um, I'm I'm just interested in what it could be. Where he's where hustling, where he's it takes hustling place. somebody? <laughs> he's hustling table. somebody. Yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody's <laughs> not going to be happy at the end of that transaction. So, uh, yeah. So no surprise here, Lando. The Lando story. I will give my quick little honorable mention just because I thought it was a funnier yeah. a funnier one. The Sarlacc Pit one. I don't remember yes. the name of it, but I was but gonna I was say like, this, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, like what, like wh like you're gonna tell me a story about the Sarlacc Pit? Like they have feelings? <laughs> like they're you know, this is what you're thinking about? So I thought that was a a really funny one. I'll be interested in reading that one too. It, but it was also the way that the Sarlacc was portrayed in the story. It was like it was like no one ever asked how the sarlacc pit is they just throw yeah, the sarlacc but... pit food he's like what about <laughs> yeah. asking me how my feelings yeah, are i know yeah so i thought it was, it was kind of good. weird but i thought it was funny too yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> what about you nice. what, what, what's your pick so i had some different so i had a lot i had a lot that i enjoyed <laughs> but two in particular that uh i really liked were uh one of them was about kind of the relationship between obi-wan and luke which i think this is the one that was controversial for some people um and then i had another one about anakin the first one is actually called from a certain point of view and it references the uh the famous dialogue between obi-wan and luke on dagobah when they're talking about kind of how obi-wan did he, did he lie to luke or did he not just fully tell him the truth and so uh, this one is called from a certain point of view by alex jennings and uh it essentially just goes through the thoughts of Obi-Wan between the two lines of dialogue when he tells Luke what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And when Luke says, I'm a certain point of view. And so basically what happens in between those two lines of dialogue within Obi-Wan's thought process is 
Obi-Wan sensed the struggle within Luke's heart. Beneath a layer of calm lay a rolling sea of surging emotion. Darkness and light intertwined. Luke's darkness surged against the light, but his better nature, while quieter, was the more powerful of the two for now. Of course, this was not the first time Luke had struggled so. Before, it had been attachment to his friends that threatened to pull him in the wrong direction, even after Obi-Wan warned him. I, I think this was interesting because it... I, I think it casts... First of all, it, it allows us an insight into potentially what Obi-Wan was thinking and when he was weighing the options of telling Luke or not. But it also mm -hmm. kind of casts Luke in a light that maybe people hadn't considered before. And whether it's right or wrong, because this was, I think, a lot of the you know, controversial discussion about it is that you know, Luke doesn't have this dark side. What are you talking about, Obi-Wan? But I, I, kind of, I kind of am more in agreement with this cool yeah. little excerpt because it's it to say that someone like doesn't struggle with the light and the dark. I feel like I, I just don't. It doesn't feel realistic. You know, it feels kind of like mm -hmm. like fairy tale land. Like, oh, he's a good guy. He doesn't struggle with like the yeah. dark side stuff at all. You know, I mean, he is Anakin's son after all. So mm -hmm. I just I liked it because it, it it was a different way of showing something we already knew particularly the relationship between Obi-Wan and Luke and kind of what Obi-Wan was thinking when he chose to not fully tell him that Vader, of course, was his father. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I liked this one a lot, even though it caused some discussion in the online forums. Um, and then the other one, of course, was also related to a Skywalker, but this time Anakin rather than uh, Luke. And this one, I believe, is from the perspective of Anakin when he's Darth Vader, if I remember correctly. Uh, and in the title, of this one is called Brotherhood by Mike Chin. And uh, it starts off with just the word Anakin. And then we go into uh, Anakin's thought process here after he hears this voice in his head. A voice, yet this was different, clearly not a specter of the past. This didn't come with any memories or visions of things gone by. Instead, it was as if words whispered directly into his ear, as if he wasn't a phantom lost in the oceans of the Force, whole in body and spirit as he once was a powerful jedi knight combat ready with drawn lightsaber and wide stance staring down dozens of battle droids without a single worry in fact this felt just like that but different because this came right now anakin that voice obi-wan so i don't know at what point in return of the jedi this takes place mm -hmm. uh but i'm imagining it this is like after he's thrown the emperor and he's like having luke drag him I feel like this is going on in his head, like mm -hmm. as Luke is dragging him. At least that's how I kind of pictured that's it. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I, it kind of like you know, it is another uh, reinforcing of his step back towards the light. So I, I liked this one a lot. And maybe if I had to pick between this one and the other one, I would almost pick this one more so. I think I would mm -hmm. just like to see this like on film because I've already seen the other quote, you know, occur right. in a movie. But, right. Yeah, those are those wanna, are my two favorites. I want to hear something interesting, a little bit more interesting about this one. Yes, is that Mike Chen actually wrote a book for Star Wars already, and the book is named Brotherhood, and oh. it's about Anakin and Obi Wan back in the Clone War era. era. Oh, I know which book you're talking about. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that he was the one that wrote it. That's great. I'll have to check yeah, that out. Yeah. yeah, I'm about halfway through the audiobook, so it's okay. my it's my. Uh, mowing the lawn um audiobook <laughs> nice so i i Very get nice. to it every two to three weeks <laughs> <laughs>
you ever like jump back into where you were? You're like, what was I reading about? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I go back a chapter or two. I'm like, I don't remember where I'm at. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there were lots of great ones in here. Some other like honorable mentions, just real quickly. Not going to read the stories on this one, uh, but there was one about the mindset of a royal guard who was uh, mm -hmm. in charge of like guarding Palpatine. There was another one that I also thought was funny about a Death Star gunner. And this yes. Death Star gunner had served like in the Imperial Navy for 20 years. And he's like really excited that it's his last week of service on the Death oh, Star. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of dark at the same <laughs> time. a little that's bit dark, funny. yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was another one uh, from the perspective of the the shaman Ewok, and he's basically lamenting about the fact that the golden one, aka C three PO, is like no longer with them anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't I don't know what would have happened to him. Maybe he he left Endor for a period of time or something. But and then another one you mentioned the Sarlacc, which was funny as well. Bib Fortuna, uh, there's a from a certain point of view excerpt where he's like plotting to kill Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I, I was, was interested in that one. Yeah, yeah, I want to read that one too. Did you oh. did you read it the, the other two from certain point of views? I don't know. No, and you know what's funny yeah. is that I've always known they existed, but they've never really been on my radar the way that it is now. I feel like there's mm -hmm. more discussion around this one than than, than I, the other two I came agree. out. I don't remember. No, I could be I could be way off on this, but I definitely don't remember tw them posting all of these excerpts on Twitter or somewhere. Where it right. shows essentially all of the, I mean, it's all of the stories. So it's a, it's like a 40, 40 tweet thread yeah. that uh, just goes through each of these. Uh, but I did enjoy, I I like enjoyed even reading through there. So yeah, I think I'm gonna definitely. I actually do have the uh, the first one, and I haven't finished that one. So I I've I have so many Star Wars books that I'm like halfway through, and I'm like, oh, I got to do this, and you know, I got to just plow through and finish some some of these. I'd have to check out my local bookstore and. Uh into the where the first two if they're see if they're available do you have a half price book. books by you do you Ooh. have half price books is that like the name of the store that's the name of the store yeah no huh? i don't think so i i almost that's where practically exclusively i get all of my star wars books because people huh. people read them turn them in and then um and then i buy them for like you know half the price or whatever so a good deal yeah i don't i don't think we do Anyways, I'll have to, and Just then this, of course, this one comes out in three weeks, so I'm, I'm probably gonna pick this up too. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. Well, our last piece of news before we get into the, uh, the meat of this episode is that there is a fun Fortnite announcement. Would you like to tell us about what skin is gonna yes. be supposedly available in the near future? So again, again, this is a supposedly nothing's completely confirmed, but it sounds like there will be an Ahsoka Tano skin in Fortnite, me and Ben are super excited. The first time I, I saw this announcement on one of the channels that I follow, I uh, I sent a, a screenshot to him right away. I'm like, Ben, 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 you got to see this. Yeah, and, we're definitely uh, whatever... not going to spend money on that. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if it's going to be in the Battle Pass or I don't think it's going to be a special event. Remember how the the last Star Wars one was where there's like that mm -hmm. mini Battle Pass for the Star Wars stuff. So I don't think it's going to be that, but Either way, however, I'm going to get Ahsoka Tano on day one of the release of this particular skin. I'm going to do it. So um, whoever, who, you know, those V-Bucks be flying through my wallet there. But yeah, we are. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one. I think uh, I, I'm going to assume maybe I'm, I'm thinking maybe her lightsabers will be in the game. Kind of like the Darth Maul one or the mm -hmm. Obi-Wan 
So I'm wondering if there's going to be that. And so there's going to be a lot of fun. If the, if if she comes with, I, I thought about all this. If she comes with uh, Maury, the uh, the owl, maybe that's oh, her yeah. back bling. Or, you know, Ooh. so we'll see. Yeah, see, all these things. That's a missed opportunity what kind of, if they don't do that. The emote, the crossed arms emote, you know, I think uh, <laughs> we could do that. So I think there's there could be a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity, a lot of fun with this skin. So I'm excited. Hey, Epic, if you're watching, uh, you got to hire this guy for your for your Star Wars uh, emote <laughs> designs and, and character That's designs. Right. Yeah. So that'll hopefully be in maybe in what less than two months. Is that is that accurate? No, no. This is even sooner. Fifth. I think the oh, I didn't realize it was season, that soon. Yeah. So like yeah, as soon the as the show comes out, pretty much, yeah, because the show come out the twenty third, and I think the new Fortnite season starts on the that Friday, which would be the twenty fifth. So, okay. and so it makes even more sense. I believe people were saying that there was some type of survey that came out recently that uh, included Ahsoka in that survey, um, and they were comparing that survey to when they before this this current season of Fortnite came out that they were talking about transformers and other <laughs> other things that uh have come out this season. So that's kind of how they're making that assumption. But I haven't seen I, I mean it all kind of makes sense. If we are completely wrong, then that, that that is a possibility. But either way, uh we're excited for hopefully to be right. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I'd be shocked if that is an image that's been provided and it doesn't actually come to fruition. I mean that looks mm-hmm. like a pretty legit image, so that's, that looks uh, like a very Fortnite type of version yeah, of Ahsoka. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're definitely going to be picking that up in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ahsoka coming to Fortnite officially with the, well, officially with the release of the uh, the new show here in about two weeks or so. Which is a perfect tie-in to the reasoning for the bulk of today's episode, us uh, talking about the fourth season of Star Wars Rebels. Of course, the uh, showrunners of Ahsoka, including Dave Filoni, have been quoted saying that Star Wars, or rather Ahsoka, uh, is basically a continuation of Star Wars Rebels, is essentially Star Wars Rebels Season 5, because where we leave off with the fourth season of Rebels is where we'll very likely pick right up with the beginning of the Ahsoka show here in about two weeks. Uh, Maybe before we hop into any specifics, just what was your take on your rewatch of the fourth season of rebels so i mean we've we've watched the what have we watched together we watched bad batch we've watched mm-hmm. mandalorian and watched andor obi-wan oh no we didn't ever well i mean we did a rewatch of obi-wan right right yeah yeah um i think this is the best season yeah. of <laughs> star wars show that i've watched mm-hmm. uh ever so i i don't remember i remember when i was watching it as it was going along thinking oh this is pretty good but i think now knowing knowing everything else that's kind of going around in the star wars universe and and we've talked about this time and time again the interweavings with other shows other content this is this is a great example of it and when when I was watching this, I was I was invested. Now there was a little bit that I didn't understand right away because it's the fourth season. We didn't watch season one, two, and three, <laughs> so uh, I'll be clear. As far as I didn't watch, we didn't rewatch those as part the, of our rewatch. As, as yeah. part of, 
as part of this discussion, we we decided we're gonna just cheat and just go right straight to season four because that's what's <laughs> that's what's gonna matter. Because we're not gonna watch one through four in like two weeks, you know. So we picked this last one. But because of that, I think although maybe I didn't get the context of some of the early stories, I was able to fill in, you know, for the most part of where we were at in the story. Because you know, we did watch it, so we had an idea. All that to say that, yeah, I think this is this is probably the best season of Star Wars. Star Wars uh, TV series that I've ever watched, and I'm I was almost kind of sad when it ended because I'm like this was so good, this was such a ride, and it felt like there were no real filler episodes at all, and yeah. I think it all made sense. It all it all had to happen, and and what what kill what's what's crazy to me is that these were all for the most part 22 minute episodes, <laughs> you know, and. They weren't the 30, 40 minute episodes that they were kind of used to now with these series. But, you know, in that time, they were able to succinctly give you a story and, you know, go all the way through the whole season without having any real fillers. This is this might be a hot take and I can totally see people disagreeing. But I think Star Wars Rebels. While I still don't know if I would say it's close for me whether I like it more than uh, Clone Wars or not. But I would say Star Wars Rebels is easily a more complete show. Or at least mm -hmm. it feels like I can watch Rebels and there's more continuity with the story. So I think, I think one of the areas where Rebels differs from Clone Wars is that with Clone Wars, sometimes you're jumping around. So you'll get like an episode or two about Ahsoka. And then you'll get like an episode or two about Rex. And then you'll get an episode or two about Anakin. Whereas Rebels is really like the story of the ghost crew. It's like, you know, these uh, six family members is essentially the way it's marketed. It's like a family and it's the mm -hmm. journey of this family. And at no point does it really uh, divert from that. And there's not, like you said, there's not really any filler or side episodes that it feels like, which again, might be, it's close for me. I love Clone Wars and I love Rebels. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth season of Rebels, I would say the third and fourth season of Rebels are both phenomenal. Maybe my two favorite seasons of any Star Wars TV, perhaps along with like that last season of Clone Wars. Oh, I love that. Um, that was pretty good. But this, this was way better than I remembered it being. Yes. Uh, yes. Surprisingly. Because I think when when you open up with this season and again i'll we should issue another even though we issued it at the top of the podcast episode spoiler warning if you have not seen rebels we're about to talk about details of the episodes so that's your last chance <laughs> um <laughs> see you next the, week see you next week yeah <laughs> the the uh the season opens and i i had forgot that um <laughs> yeah we forgot that yeah G G producer gibbo has has not seen Rebels yet, and he's he's uh, behind the scenes listening to all of our spoilers right now. <laughs> so he has but, no but choice. To his credit, he <laughs> has watched, what, three seasons of Clone Wars now, he said? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's trucking through. He'll nice. get here. He'll, he'll get here. Yeah. Um, I think in my mind, when I was thinking about our rewatch, I was like, oh, we're going to watch, like, the, the Darth Vader Ahsoka scene. But... As soon as we started season four, I was like, oh, wait, that is season three. So this mm -hmm. is all like the events that follow 
the uh, I think it's called the Twilight of, of Apprentice episodes at the end of season three where Ahsoka and Vader face off. And so I think myself, like you, I came into it and I was like, a little discombobulated, like, wait, where are we? And you pick up and they're on Mandalore and they're trying to rescue Sabine's mm-hmm. dad. And I was like, how do we get here? Uh, that that first episode, did you feel like it picked up in a way that kind of was like grabbing you back in? Or did you feel like it took a little bit later on into the season until you felt more think, accustomed to where we were at? I think it 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 gave me because I knew that I, that was going to happen, that something mm-hmm. happened at the end of season three that I'm going to be like, I don't remember what happened here. But it's it's pretty easy to pick up. Okay, Sabine's father has been captured. We're trying to find him. Okay, so I kind of just put myself in that space. What I found myself really doing was instantly remembering why I love like all these characters, kind of like the sass that they are between each other. Um, the you know how like the Zeb and Ezra type of uh, you know big brother little brother type of yeah. uh, dynamic. So in and obviously Hera and Kanan like kind of the 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 mom and dad of the crew. So I, I, you know, I think that was just a really cool, cool way to kind of start it. I think it was fine for me, but I think Mm -hmm. what even got me right into more of the star Wars content was basically in this storyline when we go, because we're we're talking about Mandalorians right now. So of course we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. We're talking about dark sabers, you know? So, so at the end of this particular arc, you know, we have Sabine kind of presenting the dark saber to Bo-Katan um which was kind of the cool you know you you know to see that again i'm like oh yeah i remember how cool this was but now that we've seen it in the mandalorian we've seen it you know pass the hands through uh uh dinjarin and um oh what was the the imperial's name again that had it oh moff gideon moff gideon he had it for a little bit but now you know here is where bokatan had it originally and then you know to be happen oh wait no she had it before this too as well right before yeah did she so, have it like before I, I you know the the whole lineage or the whole storyline of that i believe so the whole thing with the dark saber th- this scene is interesting to me in particular because um i remember w- so this is the scene i thought of in the mandalorian the end of season two when she refuses to take the dark saber from mando mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or from Din Djarin, and uh, I immediately thought to this scene and was like, wait, didn't she take it from Sabine? Yeah. Um, right. And so I've always had this confusion about this. And so when I watched this scene in my rewatch of season four, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would she so willingly take it from Sabine? But then, you know, years later, she's not willing to take it from Din Djarin. Like, there, is there like... You know, there's all these like rules that come with the dark saber supposedly yeah, within right. Mandalorian culture. Like you have to win it from someone in combat, otherwise it's not actually yours and you don't deserve it. And so what I came upon or what I stumbled upon when I was kind of reading and researching uh particularly about Bo-Katan and the dark saber is that the reason she doesn't take it from Din Djarin in the uh, second season of Mandalorian is that it's a learning experience from this moment. Because yeah, she inevitably sense. loses it uh, to Moff Gideon at some point. And so her taking it in what she then, uh, like, retrospectively might deem, like, that she wasn't willing or worthy, uh, that she wasn't worthy, worthy of the Dark Saber, I should say, 
is kind of the reasoning why she won't take it from Din Djarin, because she feels like in order to wield it as a rightful ruler, uh, you have to obtain it worthily. Yeah. And so right, right. that to me gave me like sense and comfort for why she would take it here so willingly and then not take it from Din later on. Sorry, that was kind of a big right. side tangent, but essentially, <laughs> uh, yeah, she receives the saber from Sabine, and it's just cool. It's always cool to see the dark saber in action in uh, mm-hmm. in any Star Wars content. Um, and then, of course, that that leads up to this rebel mission. Eventually, I believe it's in the the following episode, though, uh, to tap into the Imperial communication disc. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what did you think about? What are your what are your thoughts on on this part of the season in particular? Did you feel like I it was stronger I, than the beginning or or not? I think it I, I this felt very much rebels. Um if you mm-hmm. remember like through the first, you know, through all of all of the rebels seasons, I mean, they are kind of doing these side missions like all the the entire time. They're they're picking, mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 picking up weapons from a place. They are you know, getting credits there, you know, I mean, they, that's kind of what they do. That's kind of what the, the ghost crew, the ghost crew, the Phoenix crew does is these types of things. So, you know, they wanted to tap into the Imperial communication dish. Um, so they can, they can get that information kind of, and then, and always be a step ahead of the empire. But like they always do, they, someone always comes in and, you know, maybe not quite on their side, but then we get a, a big reveal uh, that a, a certain person comes comes into play here. I know Mr. you Saga- love this person. Yeah, yeah. Saw Guerrero once again. Saw is here, and he does not take no for an answer. He will <laughs> always be around, and is a little bit more, a little more ruthless in the way he does things. So, uh, and I always like seeing him because it really you can compare and contrast how different the the ways that you can accomplish the same thing. I mean, obviously they're both against the empire, but Saul's a little bit more brute force about it. He wants to get yeah. in, blow some people up, <laughs> blow some dishes up. Uh, whereas the rebellion uh, really wants to be a little bit more stealth about things, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, just to see saw in, in that light again, I'm like, yeah, that's saw again. Let's go. You know? So, uh, but what, yeah. What did you think about seeing our, our, our friendly neighborhood, Saw Gerrera here. Well, the cool thing about Saw and Rebels is that his likeness... This is after Rogue One came out. And so uh, his likeness resembles Forrest Whitaker, which is really cool to see like on the small screen on TV. You're like, oh, wow, that actually looks like him a lot. Yes. yes. Um, But yeah, it it is his approach. And this has always been Saw's approach in the Clone Wars and and Rebels is um, not one of a democratic understanding of policies or politics or you know like you said he he does not operate uh the same way that the rebel alliance does in fact to say that saw is an ally with the rebels sometimes is even a bit of a stretch you know mm-hmm. he he has methods which are brutal um usually resort to steps that he takes kind of just he's willing to do anything for what he claims is the greater good um, more, more of, I guess you could categorize him as like a, like an anarchist, but with mm-hmm. like the best intentions, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Even if, yeah. even if that means like getting rid of everyone who gets in mm-hmm. his way. So, 
Uh, he he's always a fun character to bring on, and he does provide kind of that uh, ying to the yang of the rest of the Rebel Alliance, especially the Ghost Crew. So, um, right. always love seeing Saw. It was great to see him uh, back for the fourth season of Rebels. Uh, and then I, I think it's in the next episode where um, there was the, the kyber crystal that was destroyed that was supposed to be used for the Death Star. Does right. that sound about it right? Around, around that time, yeah. I, I think the I think Saw ends up actually sl- try to... He wants to destroy it. So right. he ends up like putting a lightsaber into it, which I've yes, never yes, seen. Yes. When he, because it was a huge, it was a huge. I mean, if you imagine something to help power the Death Stars, you're gonna have some pretty huge kyber crystals. So this was a huge one, probably the size of of Ezra, to be honest. And he pretty much puts the lightsaber into it. Yeah, Sorry, so I thought it, I lost definitely... you there for a second. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay, you're good. Yeah, so the it was it was uh it was kind of it was a sight to see, you know, them them not knowing what was in front of them, I guess, because obviously we know you know, what we're looking at here uh, for them to have no idea. Like, Oh, we just know they're weaponizing it and we have no idea. So to, to be able to have that insight as, you know, as a viewer, like they're, they're kind of giving us like, okay, we know, you know what this is. So check this out and see how you feel about it. Yeah. And this is kind of the moment that saw and Ezra uh, kind of go their separate ways too, like where mm-hmm. they're like, fully accepting of we're not going to go about this the same way let's not get in each other's way and saw just kind of bids him farewell kind of wishes right. him good luck at the same time but you know that they're not really yeah. going to approach things in the same manner so that's, uh, what, that's I, what saw does he just comes in swoops in slices some yeah. stuff up and he's gone <laughs> yes exactly um i think at this point in the season you're, you're like approaching maybe this is about a third of the way through the season i want to say and uh at least for me at this point in the season, I was like, I feel like I remember Ahsoka being in the show at this point. And so the entire mm. time I'm watching the beginning of the fourth season of Rebels, uh, at, to, up until this point, Ahsoka has not appeared. I'm like, where's Ahsoka? Like, I don't remember her not being in the show for this long. And then it all, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second, but it all kind of like comes back to that at the end. And I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I remember now. Mm-hmm. So that at this point in the show was also on my mind after saw you know hops out i'm like weird we haven't seen ahsoka yet so yeah just taking you through the thought process of what i was thinking as i as i watched this episode Uh, another thing that's showcased for the first time in this season is the tie defender this new almost class of uh aircraft that they're having to steal the lands for or at one point i feel like i think it was, think flight, were... think it was the flight recorder i think they were trying yes. to steal something else i don't remember what it was but they ended up going for the flight recorder yeah uh, well, to part, have more information about part it, of it they the... they stored in the the desert the low fall desert mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember i don't think they ended up actually getting that piece but they got the other piece anyways right. this is like a a, a key storyline of kind of the middle of the season um which inevitably leads uh, when when they discover this this tie defender they want to uh you know find like understand the 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 inner workings of it and so they attempt an attack on this facility in order to obtain this uh flight recorder but of course 
in the process for that, our beloved uh, Hera is captured, unfortunately. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, this kind this... of brutal, kind of brutal what they ended up doing to her. I mean, they were, yeah, they were like shocking her, and I think they ended up doing the probe droid on, or is that the probe droid? Is that what it was? The uh, the one with all the yeah. needles. I always forget that's yeah, the yeah, one, right? Yeah. It, so kind you're of watching the video the... version. Here's a picture of of Rook. <laughs> Rook. This is one Rook, of my the favorites. The, is he a bounty hunter? Is that is that what we're calling him? Kind of the bounty hunter of the empire here for this? I think he's his technical title would be assassin. He's like mm, okay. Thrawn's personal assassin. Which, oh, by the okay. way, we we haven't even talked about Thrawn yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thrawn, yeah, Thrawn comes up in 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 here. Uh, Thrawn's so cool. I mean, like if out of all the people in the empire, all the officers, the emperor himself. Thrawn is kind of just cool because yeah. he walks in, right? He walks in and he just like first of all, he's a big art fan apparently. So he just collects all this art, but not not just a, as a collection, but to understand the culture, understand the people based off of the art uh, that they have, they they possess. So he's procured all this stuff and that's kind of like his thing. But in the meantime, he is this really cool all blue character. <laughs> um, apparently, you've been reading about him, so you, maybe you could talk more about that. <laughs> so I'm only five chapters in to the newest drawn novel by Timothy Zahn, um, but it is it is so it is so fascinating to read about a character's backstory who you've already sort of got to know through other various Star Wars media and content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you it gives you a good insight as to how he is so quick on his feet and resourceful and yes. just frankly intelligent. Um, there's this isn't really spoiled too much from the book, and I won't say like what the conversation is about. Uh, but pretty early on in the book, he has like a face to face meeting with Palpatine, mm-hmm. and it's just cool to see him like go about that conversation with with uh, the emperor and almost this bargaining process for like, like telling the emperor, not like begging him to like keep him alive, but basically like, like telling the emperor, this is why you need me. And that's kind of like his thought process is like, I can like, you know, you need me uh, more more than I need you sort of thing like that. So maybe we can get some, uh, some interviewing skills from, if you're looking at like job interviews, we need to learn from Thrawn. Yeah sounds like yeah exactly <laughs> so it's it's just cool to kind of at least within the book and just his character as a whole um to kind of see the way his mind works especially in the in the sticky situations he's, he's yes. on his feet so um so as, as part of this attempt to attack the imperial facility to um obtain the flight recorder for the tie defender uh, on this is all taking place on Lothal, by the way, we should mention. This is the, really the main setting for the fourth season of, of Rebels. Uh, Mandalore early on in the season, but for the most part, the majority of the season takes place on Lothal. This is uh, Ezra Bridger, the main character's homeworld, uh, and it also provides a lot of knowledge and importance as to the essence of what the Force is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very force rich planet i guess we could say um and we'll i think we'll talk about that more probably here in our next few uh 
next few points. But what I really wanted to get at uh, after Hera's capture, this leads to one of the frankly most surprising things that's that I've probably witnessed in Star Wars. Um, perhaps this would be right up there with Luke. I am your father. Uh, because you, I really didn't see this coming the very first time I watched this years ago, and then even on the the rewatch, you like it gets you pretty hard. Um, this mm-hmm. was this was your favorite episode, by the way. This is the tenth episode of the fourth mm-hmm. season, called Jedi Knight, spelled with an N rather than a K. But mm-hmm. um, did you want to talk about this moment yeah. we're, we're referencing? Well, the the you know we we leave off with Hera being captured by the Empire, and uh, you know. And of course, they're going to go after the Phoenix crew is trying to go go get her. Uh, they they do succeed. Uh, Kanan is actually there to to save to save her. Um, at this point, I believe she's kind of out of it because she had been c- kind of hit with the truth serum, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So there's a there's a big a big you know it's kind of comical here, and this is the crazy thing, is that it's kind of comical and it's funny. She's kind of falling on her feet. And you know, basically, I think I think at this point she she finally confesses her feeling her true feelings for Kanan, in that that she loves him and, um, and I I forget they I think they share a kiss there as well, um. But either way, they you know so that's what ends up happening. But as part of the escape plan, they you know they 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 are on these fuel these huge fuel pods essentially that mm-hmm. are that are fueling the production of these tie defenders and they're not very safe. They're big, big ass fuel pods. So in the, in the, in the midst of their escape, they're jumping onto the, I think they're on the ghost. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to jump on the ghost, but then governor price tells her soldiers to fire on them, even though they're the fuel pods and all this um, it ex- ends up exploding. Sure enough, there's a chain reaction. And we see Kanan still on top of the fuel pod while Hera and everyone else is kind of safely on the ships. Oh my god, this this is this photo here is also always gets me. Um, but he decides to kind of sacrifice himself for the better of the crew, and he he dies. He dies right there on the spot. And I mean, like I said, it was so minutes ago, it was a comical type of thing. It was really funny. And then all of a sudden this happens. Yeah. And I think that you actually can kind of see it in this shot here. Uh, in a previous season, he actually goes blind because mm-hmm. of I forget exactly what happened. If it was a if it was a battle battle injury or exactly what it was, I'm pretty sure it was Darth Maul in the Twilight okay. of the Apprentice episode. He kind of just okay. slashes him across the face with his lightsaber. Okay, so he has lost his vision, but at the very very last second, they make point to and and. Up until this point, you you would be able to see his eyes, but they're kind of cloudy. Uh, at this very last second, before the, he is engulfed by flames, the cloud kind of goes away from his eyes. So I like to think that he was able to finally see for those last seconds to see Hera yeah. and the crew be safe before um, he perishes. So that was the wow. That was a tough, tough scene to watch. I remember watching it because it's really quick. So it all happens. And then um, it kind of fades to a white, which is kind of different. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. see that, you know. So it all fades to white and it says Rebels. And that's kind of like the, the closing card for it. And I'm, I remember watching the first time. I'm like, 
what happened? Like I couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah, like and, he's and, not actually gone, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. But yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't survive one of those. It, it felt it, 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 it was very surprising, but I think also very necessary for all that. What were your thoughts on Kanan's passing in this episode? Yeah, I mean this this was. I had a lot of episodes I liked. This was one of the three that I noted as being probably my favorites. I think the the second half of season four of Rebels is arguably the best like set of episodes of any Star Wars show. I oh, mean, yeah, it is easily. it is like banger after banger after banger of episodes. Yeah. Um, this in particular, like it just really uh, drives how connected you feel to the characters especially when you unexpectedly lose one of them one of the utmost main characters of the show you're like and the jedi wow. and a jedi yeah and i mean that's that's kind of the uh it, it feels like there's almost not as much of a emphasis made in the show about the fact that like this is basically one of the last supposedly one of the last jedi in existence at this point in time mm-hmm uh, I think there's a scene with the Emperor where he references the Jedi, Kanan Jarrus has blah blah blah. So, but I was like, this is a big deal, you know. He, I mean, and then of course, any any, um, you know, anytime you see a character go in a way that is sacrificial like this, it, it just kind of makes it even more emotional. You know, he he is saving them, and then it it all kind of comes back around to this moment in time as well in about three episodes from now which we'll get to in a second but um yeah i was i was equally as astounded with this episode when i watched it on the rewatch as i as i, mean, I was when i first this saw this is this is a season finale episode oh yeah that's how it yeah. felt this is and this was episode what 10 <laughs> yes this is a season yeah. finale episode so to to even have this here kind of just in in the season it's shocking because you're just like what else can you, you know, what else is going to even happen? What can you do? So, yeah, it really did get you ready for the rest of the rest of the season, though. Yeah. Well, and it kind of leaves you thinking, what are they like? How are they going to do the rest of the season? Like with Kanan not being around. Uh, and yeah. so the next kind of thing that you have to deal with as a viewer, but also as you're watching the the ghost, uh, especially Ezra and Hera, really all of them, but particularly those two, his apprentice and his uh, his his love is that they're dealing with this loss of, you know, how do we how do we go on? How do we continue to not only uh, fight for this cause without Kanan, but just kind of exist without this person who is so important to us? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, maybe that's something. I mean, it's a it's a you know it's a the show with short episodes where yeah. it's kind of hard to convey the extensiveness in terms of the amount of time that would probably take to uh, get over something like that. But right. Uh, but you know, uh, the fact that they, they spent an episode kind of doing that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they, they didn't they just brush it over. They didn't brush it over. You know, the, the one of the things about the first, the first death star taking down Alderaan. I mean, that was Leia's entire planet. You know yeah. what I mean? And you know, he's like, no, that's unfortunate. Oh no, that's... <laughs> that's 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 all of them. But you know, I, I understand. Maybe back then they didn't understand all that. But still, I mean, in this, they, I mean, this was kind of a whole episode where they were trying to grieve and trying to figure out how they were going to continue to move on. 
yeah uh, to uh to like you said how to move on with their missions as well as just having this void in their life that they're you know their their master their their teacher their friend their love are gone now and the others on the flip side of this the other side consequence of the fuel depot exploding is that uh governor price it's in deep doo-doo with grand admiral thrawn because um she may have uh she may have gotten rid of kanan but at the same time the the production of the tie defenders is completely shut down because there's no more fuel because she blew it up to <laughs> right in, exactly. in an effort to try to get rid of him so I think in her mind, she's like, he'll reward me because I got rid of the Jedi. But then he's like very upset with her because the production of the TIE Defenders is not going to happen now because right, blew yeah. the fuel up. <laughs> uh, and, and this is the only time we've ever seen the TIE Defender elites, right? I don't think they... So this, as I mean, far as I know. So this is why. This is why we never see it. You know, and mm -hmm. I think that's pretty, it's pretty cool to have something like that in, in the show. I feel, yeah. and, you know, I mean, because the Empire was ready to... to create these and they you know they, they never happened because of Kanan. yeah yeah as far as i know i don't i mean i could be wrong let us know down in the comments if there is another uh appearance of these anywhere else in the star wars universe but uh also as a quick side note we always tr attempt to get each episode under an hour and this one's definitely going over so thanks for <laughs> sticking with us through the uh the uh this episode here today uh, we only got what like kind of three or four more episodes to really talk about and cover and and for me these were some of the best ones oh yeah um part of ezra's grieving process is kind of becoming more attuned with the force particularly as it relates to um the way the force interacts with the wildlife on lothal um there are these loath wolves is what they're called um, and then there's actually a little loath cat on top of the loath wolf. But um, before Anan passes away, or tragically, you know, uh, is killed in this in this incident, um, there is a scene where he's kind of telling Ezra how these loath wolves are deeply connected, not only to the planet of Lothal, but to the Force. Kind of going back to how Lothal is a very like Force-rich planet, uh, and so there is an element of like, how does that work with, with some of the things the Loath Wolves do? And it's not entirely explained, but I think that's the point. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there is supposed to be some mystery when it comes to how the Loath Wolves operate as this extension of the Force. Doom. Um, doom, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which is Kanan Jarrus's given birth name is, is Caleb Doom. A very side note i actually we have a friend i have a friend in real life whose name is caleb doom <laughs> wait what really yeah and so like when he watched this show he was like no way <laughs> that's incredible yeah it's doom is spelled differently but yeah uh, but it's fine yeah same name yeah you could change it yeah but that the, speaking of doom that's what the loath wolf keeps saying to ezra and so this is like part of ezra's not only grieving process but kind of like understanding what the next step mm -hmm. is and how to move on from Kanan's sacrifice and not only move on, but kind of use that sacrifice to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Uh, and so through the process of kind of being with these loath wolves, they, at one point the loath wolves, uh, he and the crew, the remaining crew of the ghost escape. Um, and they come upon this, this area, which is supposedly 
uh, what well, is where the Jedi Temple that they that they go to search for is, but they also find that the Empire is kind of inhabiting that area, and there's a I forget what his title is. There's this creepy old like oh right yes 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 almost like a mage. That's not what they call him in the show, but he's he's very into like like lore and magic and like the arts, and he's wanting to research and study this Jedi Temple. But they're kind of at a at a stopping point because they can't figure out how to open the temple. Uh, and they've uncovered this image, which for those who have seen the Clone Wars, this is where this image really originates. It's uh, referred to as, I think it's the Mortis gods. And it's the father, uh, the son, and the daughter. And this kind of, this story of the three, not to give too much backstory, because there's an, a whole episode or two of Clone Wars that explains it pretty mm -hmm. well, but... It's kind of the essence of light and dark and why that mm. exists, why the force exists almost as like this binary of lightness and dark. Um, the the son representing the dark and the daughter representing the light and the father almost like trying to keep the balance between the two sort of thing. So if you're watching the video version of the podcast, that's what that image is that you're seeing there. And so this mage guy on, on Lothal, who's at the location of the Jedi Temple, along with all these other you know, stormtroopers, is the process of trying to open it. And so basically, Ezra and Sabine kind of go undercover, and they're trying to mm -hmm. figure out how to get into the temple uh, before the Imperials figure out how to yep. uh, open the temple gate, is essentially where episode 13 leads us, uh, which is a world between worlds. And now this is kind of... Now we're really getting into why we wanted to watch season four of Rebels before Ahsoka comes out, yep. because this is one of the largest connecting points for what we're going to uh, see in Ahsoka. If you don't watch Rebels prior to seeing Ahsoka, which is which is fine, you know, it's not something that you're uh, that you have to do in order to understand Ahsoka, but it will make understanding Ahsoka much easier because within um, within the world of uh, Star Wars, within this episode of Rebels, we learn that within this Jedi Temple, Ezra discovers what is referred to as the world between worlds. And kind of to tie this back to what we were talking about earlier with the end of Season 3, Joey cut me off if I'm rambling too long, um, but at the end of Season 3, we see Ezra, uh, we see Ahsoka and Vader fighting as Ezra is unable to help and is like closed off by a wall at this uh, at this other temple at a a different location and so essentially what the world between worlds is uh is it's almost like this place that it inhabits an area outside of time and as a process the way it's depicted in the show there's like these portals where you can almost reach across time and so ezra comes across one of these portals and sees ahsoka fighting vader which we got to witness at the end of season three. So it's almost like we are looking back in time at what happened at the end of the previous season of Rebels. Sorry, this is getting a little confusing if you haven't seen the show. But <laughs> um, Ezra, long story short, reaches into the portal to save Ahsoka as she's about to be struck down by Vader. And then the portal shatters in, after she, she is pulled through. And so it's kind of this moment where you're like, what is happening right now? I yep. remember watching this for the first time, and it's almost the introduction of what feels kind of like a time travel element, 
but it's not really time travel. It's kind of just this space that is representative of the cosmic force that operates outside of time, can like see to different moments in time. And so essentially this is why the Empire wants this, uh, wants the power over this temple is because it will give them the power to harness like time and space. And to be, you know, travel between these places and whatnot. So, um, anything you wanted to add in there? I know that was a lot, especially <laughs> if you haven't seen the show. Right. Uh, anyone that's listening. No, I, I think the yeah, I think you you nailed it. I mean, the Empire wants it because of its power. I think I, somebody even mentions that whoever has this power will rule everything essentially because you have access to all these different, you know, access to time itself. Mm-hmm. And there is a part here where. Ezra fights his own fights. He, he is able to get to the portal that to the moment where Kanan dies and almost jumps in and tries to save him, but Ahsoka stops him. So I think that, you know, that's kind of shows, you know, Ahsoka's wisdom in, in all of this, even though she just kind of just got pulled into this as well. Something that neither of them really knew about, obviously. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you, you said it perfectly there. And yeah, kind of just moves on from that. You know, the the emperor tries to trick um, Cain. I mean, Canaan uh, Ezra into uh, tries to trick Ezra into opening it later on, I believe, as well, because mm-hmm. uh, eventually he he leaves. He ends up getting out of there. Um, it's it's interesting. Yeah. The emperor almost uses like two approaches. Like when he initially comes into contact with Ezra and Ahsoka, he's like you know, big bad emperor that we know, like, mm-hmm. he's like using this, you know, force lightning on them. He's attempting to, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's the emperor we know. And then yeah. it's, and then later on, as you were describing, we see a hologram of an emperor who is not this like old cloaked wrinkly guy. Yeah. But he's, he's, res- it's, yeah, it's, it's resembling like almost phantom menace chief Palpatine where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he looks like a senator, and he's very political right, yeah. looking. He's he's talking with yeah. a demeanor that seems rational and and encouraging. Right. And he but uses and he uses he uses Ezra's parents as kind of bait. Yeah. In order yeah. to try to him try to open open up the Jedi Temple, which I thought was low blow. I mean that that's just mean there, Sheev. You know, uh, to to try to use you know the parents that he hasn't been seen in a very long time, and yeah, to to. But that's very much the Emperor there. Yeah. But credit to Ezra, there's a lot of growth within his character, especially yes. from last season when he was, like, basically Darth Maul's apprentice at one point. Like, he, mm-hmm. he like, has the wherewithal to understand that this is, like, the Emperor trying to deceive him. So in a really heart-touching moment, he's like, Mom, Dad, I love you. And then he destroys the yeah. temple. And so, so... Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... The the whole concept of the world between worlds when it was introduced, it's just like, whoa. And so the reason this is important for Ahsoka is because there's actually a scene in the trailer of Ahsoka where there is something portal-esque resembling one of the yes. portals from the world between worlds. And so almost certainly going to be seeing some sort of reference to this world between worlds. And this is going to be like a key element uh, of this fight, you know, of this ongoing... Uh, this effort in order to find Ezra, I guess not to jump ahead too much, but that's likely where Ahsoka will open up um, in about two weeks. So having said all that, in the meantime, the uh, rebels trick 
the governor, Governor Price, the same one that blew up the fuel pods earlier, to attack them so that they can ultimately capture her. Uh, and then in the process of this, we also get to see some, a lot of the, the end of this show is fun because it brings back a lot of the supporting cast of the show mm -hmm. to the aid and the effort of, uh, of the crew of the ghost. Like and who? so we, well, we see a few, including like uh, Vizago and Ryder, but mainly we get to see Hondo Anaka, who is all the way back from the Clone Wars and actually was part of the uh, Rise of the Resistance yes. uh, ride at, at Galaxy's Edge, which I thought was really cool too. But uh, Hondo Anaka, the pirate, comes back and uh, assists. He says, I'm willing to do anything for that boy. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Which right. I thought was, was a cool addition of, of a line there. Um. And then they they use Governor Price to command the Imperials uh, to uh, retreat back to the dome and the, the otherwise the known as the space station. Uh, Ezra in the process also gets captured by Grand Admiral Thrawn, and uh, this is this is the point in the show where if you haven't seen a previous season of Rebels, you're probably like, what are those giant space whale things <laughs> that keep yep. popping up? Uh, what did you what did you think about this scene between Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn? This is this is one of the few moments in the entire show where Thrawn doesn't feel quite as strong as he always seems like he is. Right. Yeah, I agree. I I think the you know this was great because this the entire series was leading up to this moment, right? Mm -hmm. The the. Thrawn versus Ezra, essentially. This is this is where it all ends up. And I I forgot how how fun it was to watch this part, honestly, because it was kind of like, you, you know, he ends up capturing him, but we come to find out Ezra wanted to be captured, so he has this plan in place where um, he has to go up to their I forget the name of uh, Thrawn's ship, but he ends up going up to Thrawn's ship and gets you know kind of turns himself in and gets captured, and then. He, what he does from up there, uh, he is already commandeered. I don't know what the right word is for these space whales to come in and essentially annihilate the uh, the fleet there while he's there. Um, but just like Kanan did, just you know, a couple episodes before, uh, Ezra is very prepared to kind of be another sacrifice for for the greater good. Um, as as they you know, are kind of fighting through that, you know, the, the space whale kind of comes in and knocks down a uh, Thrawn ship um, and starting wrapping him up like a snake, which I, I completely forgot about me. I had like that, yeah. <laughs> that is basically wrapping him around. Um, but then, and then here's another part I kind of forgot. I forgot, I forgot how all of this even transpired. So I, it, was, it was kind of fun watching it all over again. But when these space whales essentially start glowing, it means they're about to go into hyperspace. Yes. And um, <laughs> as and they're all glowing, and even Harris says, "You got to get out of there. You got to get out of there." Uh, Sabine says something as well, but as they're just like, "No, I got this. This is something I got to do." Well, and the and, Pergils, and... the the space whales, uh, uh, known as the Pergils, like Ezra doesn't even tell any of the other ones, other yes, members of the right. the ghost or the crew, that this was part of his plan. So, like as right. they're watching it. They're they're telling him to get out because they didn't even know this was going to be like part of Ezra's plan. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So ends up, you know, he kind of he 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 says his goodbye. He just and he does the may the force be with you always. Oh my god, that, I like that almost, hit me. That 
okay, good. I, Cause I, I, I think I actually cried cause I'm like, Oh my God. You know, uh, then, and then he, and then they all take off and then he's gone. Yeah. So just, just to, just to kind of see that sacrifice and what he needed to do. Um, but then shortly after that, a hologram pops up of, of Ezra on the, on the ghost ship. And he kind of, you know, he does his little, little goodbye to everybody it was one of those. If you've seen this, things have gone the way I wanted to, or a spe- you know a specific way. I think Chopper is the one that actually gives us a message to them. Uh, Zeb, you could have the top bunk. You know, <laughs> uh, Hera, I, I brought our, the fruit that you like, and then he says something to Sabine. Sabine, I'm counting on you. And yeah. you know, just just that the, the connection between Ezra and Sabine, I've always loved so much, um, because it's very much like you know brother sister it's very much like you know they're they they are fighting for the same the same things but they're kind of the same age it feels like but they're always like at 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 uh at ends with each other but you could even see that that meant so much to sabine he's like what is he talking about what what do you what are you counting on me for you know so she's taking it to heart so to kind of see that i'll end up like that and then at the end of it they end up uh because all of the now all of the ships are gone. Now they're able to blow up the uh, the death, not the Death Star. They are able to blow up the space station, the the dome that that contains all of the Empire. So they have to escape that first, and the, then they go. So and they end up blowing that up. So that's kind of the conclusion of you know this battle. And uh, I couldn't. It was just so good. All this entire last half of the season was incredible. I guarantee you that hologram of Ezra saying to uh, Sabine, I'm counting on you. Guarantee we're going to see that in the first five minutes yes. of the Ahsoka yeah, show. We better. We better. Like, be that's better. probably what it's going to, it's going to open to Sabine and she's going to be like, just replaying this hologram of Ezra mm-hmm. from years ago at this point in time. Right, when we'll yeah. probably see Sabine in the show. So, um, there is a cool, also a little epilogue that comes with, with the show, which will tie directly into the time period mm-hmm. that we'll see in Ahsoka. Uh, because it's being narrated by Sabine, uh, and she's you know she's talking about how, um, you know she's talking about the fall of the empire. So the show takes place prior to episode four, but this epilogue takes place after episode six. You know, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. now into the time of like when Mandalorian takes place and whatnot. So, um, before I get to the the uh, Sabine stuff. Uh, as part of the epilogue, Zeb brings Agent Callus. Uh, Agent Callus is one of the um, formerly an Imperial, but um, kind of betrays the Empire and goes with with the crew of the Ghost. And so, uh, prior to his betraying the Empire, he was uh, very just. There's a whole episode of the show where he's like trying to essentially exterminate the mm-hmm. Lasat species, which is the species that Zeb is. And so as part of the epilogue, Zeb like shows him that, look, there's, uh, there's these Lasat that walk onto this uh, ship mm-hmm. and they're on, so there's like all these Lasat surrounding Agent Callus, and he's like, oh, wow, you know, so it's like a cool <laughs> callback to a previous season's I, episode. I didn't, I didn't kill you all. Thank goodness. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there's some, uh, relief. There's some relief there. Um, and then of course we see Hera has a son now. Uh, named Jason Sindula, which is uh, 
a lot of at least i would assume the inspiration for his name for those that don't know the yeah if you're watching the video version of the podcast there's a, a picture of jason sindula there as well but um his name i would assume is originated from the original name of what let in star wars legends what han and leia's uh son became which was jason uh solo actually he he turned to the dark side so hopefully oh. hopefully jason sindula oh doesn't jason. do that <laughs> Uh-oh. that's bad foreshadowing yeah um <laughs> uh, so we get to see you know uh kanan and kanan and Hera had this had this little one uh and then of course after kanan's death uh Hera, Hera gave birth to jason sindula so it's cool to kind of see kanan living on uh in in his son that way uh, and then the very last scene of the epilogue, which is, of course, going to tie directly into Ahsoka, is what we were talking about earlier with uh, Sabine going off to find Ezra. Ezra says, I'm counting on you. He gives these very, like, practical, almost comical things to Zeb and Hera. Yeah. And then to Sabine, it's this generic, <laughs> vague, I'm counting on you. And she's like, what yeah. does that mean? <laughs> Jedi, uh, I tell you, Jedi never tell you exactly yeah. what they want you to know. Right. And so we see Sabine approaching an older Ahsoka at the end of the epilogue, uh, seemingly about to go off and try to look for Ezra, which leads us directly into the yes. uh, Ahsoka show. And so um, having said all that, uh, this, was, this was essentially not only like a recap and summary of the show, but kind of uh, an emphasis on some of our favorite parts of the season and kind of just like a like a, a promo for why we think you should watch Rebels maybe before you uh, yeah. look into Ahsoka as in a the, show. In the time that you've watched this entire episode of The Hot Hangout, you could have watched four episodes of Rebels. That's true. <laughs> what point. are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, so having said all of that, the final question I think we wanted to pose yeah. as we approach the hour 20 minute mark of this podcast <laughs> Is uh, what rewatching this season will mm-hmm. do for the Ahsoka series specifically for mm-hmm. you or for me or just for the general audience? I mean, it it really gives us a great idea of what we're getting into. I mean, Rosario Dawson had specific, specifically explicitly said that this is Rebel season five. That's what Ahsoka season one is going to be about. So going into it, if you didn't have this information, I guess we'll find out if. If you didn't watch Rebel Season 4, if you're able to kind of keep up, I mean, that's, that's a possibility that it won't be as enjoyable. But the fact that, you know, we were able to kind of go back and see all this again, kind of remember why you felt so strongly about Sabine, about Hera, about, you know, the Rebel crew. To to have that going into this season, that's to Season 1 of Ahsoka, I think that's what I got out of this for sure. Yeah, I, I just... I. As as a someone who loves the character of Ahsoka, I want the experience of the person who watches the new show that comes out in two weeks, the new Ahsoka show. I want them to like fully embrace the character mm-hmm. of, of Ahsoka. I feel like you can do that without seeing Clone Wars and Rebels, but to like fully embrace the character of Ahsoka, I just feel like you you have to like no just certain you have to, things you have about to know her character. more more than what mandalorian had shown oh right? absolutely yeah. yeah yeah in fact under- there's a 
there's a great graphic I saw somewhere. Maybe we can find it and we'll we'll try to repost it on the Hoff Hangout Twitter and the Hoff Hangout Instagram. Uh, it's a graphic of like the the too long didn't watch, too long didn't <laughs> read, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it, it's like essentially it's like a list of twelve episodes, and there's like three mm. from Clone Wars, yes, a I've couple from that, Rebels. Yeah. And it's like all these essential episodes that you really need to watch in order to fully understand what's going to be going on in the Ahsoka show. So, yeah, um, that's something we'll, we'll maybe we can post a link to it in the show notes or we'll post it on the Hoth Hangout Twitter or something like that. Yes. But, um, yes. At the very least, I would say if you haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels and you don't think you can watch both shows in two weeks, which that's a very difficult task, I might add. Um, Maybe just like find that graphic and watch like a few episodes of each of the show, the ones that are specifically about Ahsoka's character, because yes, um, I would say they're they're very worth watching. Absolutely. Well, uh, this we are officially less than two weeks till the release of Ahsoka. I'm getting more and more excited uh, by the very hour. On next week's episode of the Hot Hangout podcast. Um, what else would we, would we be talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than our, oh, look at this. Uh, whoa, shout out to producer Gibbo for finding this yeah. graphic just on the spot like that. Yes, uh, for those of you it, watching yeah. the video version of the podcast. So it's it's two episodes of Tales of the Jedi, five episodes of Clone Wars, or maybe slightly more than five episodes of Clone Wars. Uh, another episode of Tales of the Jedi. Anyways, there's like, what, 12, 15 episodes total there that kind of, give a good understanding and synopsis of the character of Ahsoka that yes. uh, I would highly encourage people to watch those prior to the show. Um, but yeah, again, next week we're going to be giving our final sort of thoughts and uh, ideas and, and maybe propositions for what we want to see from the series. Maybe something we've seen in the trailer, uh, maybe something we've, we've seen from, uh, different various shows that we'd like to see incorporated into this new show as well. Perhaps things we've seen from novels that we want to see incorporated into the characters of Ahsoka and Thrawn or whoever the case may be. Uh, speaking of which, I I know I kind of showed this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to try, I'm going to attempt to finish this prior to next week. Um, nice. Not only is Ahsoka a great character, but Thrawn is also a great character. So um, we'll be talking all things Ahsoka, all things Thrawn next week kind of in the anticipation for for what would be the best Star Wars show we've seen in a while. So um, absolutely. Any any last thoughts on Ahsoka or Star Wars Rebels season four or just anything in general about all the excitement in the world of Star Wars nowadays? There's so much excitement. We got it's news about Lando series. We've got Ahsoka coming up. There's just so much Acolyte eventually Star Wars gaming. Oh my gosh. Great time. Uh, we say it every episode, but I, I, it's hard not to say it every episode. This is an incredible time to be a fan. Yeah. Gosh, we're so lucky to be like Star Wars fans now. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, man, it's great. New stuff all the time, <laughs> especially Ahsoka. Well, we, again, greatly appreciate you listening to the Hoth Hangout podcast. As always, remember, you can check us out on Spotify and Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, check out the video of the version the video version of the podcast over on YouTube 
and subscribe to us there. We appreciate you uh, all for listening and for getting us to 150 subscribers over there as well. Shout out to each and every single one of the YouTube subs. Whoop, whoop. Uh, additionally, we're on the socials at Hoth Hangout on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter slash X, whatever Elon Musk is deciding to call that website nowadays. Uh, any last thoughts, Joey, before we call this one? I miss Kanan. I miss you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for all you've done. What a great character. What a great character. Well, we uh, thoroughly enjoyed our rewatch and recap of the four seasons of Rebels. We're excited for Ahsoka, which comes out in two weeks. We're going to be doing our last podcast before the release of Ahsoka next week. Talking all things Ahsoka, so... Uh, be on the lookout for that one hope you'll be able to catch it thanks again for listening to this one we love and appreciate y'all so very much and may the force be with you <laughs>